2021 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Lisa Fenton, professional supply chain manager at Rapala BMC Corporation and relauncher. Lisa was featured on a prior podcast about her relaunch success story, but today we're talking about a different but related topic, relaunching in supply chain. And we're talking about this because we want our relauncher audience to understand what supply chain is and understand that there are career paths in supply chain that are particularly relevant and interesting for relaunchers. So we're going to talk to Lisa all about this, and she's going to break it down for us and give us all sorts of examples and uh, give us a lot of advice. And I'm looking forward to that. Lisa, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thanks so much, Carol. It's great to be back. Well, it's great to have you back. And I want to know if we can start by talking about what is supply chain? I, part of the whole issue is this is a mysterious topic. You hear the word supply chain. Most of us probably don't even know what that means. So can you break that down for us? Sure, absolutely. It's the process of strategically managing the flow of goods, services, finance, knowledge, along with relationships within an organization to realize a greater economic value. And it encompasses a bunch of different platforms within um, the realm. There's procurement, operations, logistics, transportation and trade, consulting, and senior management. Okay, so hold on a second. That, that was really a mouthful in that definition, and I like the way you broke it down into those categories. Um, at the most basic level, is it getting like parts and goods, like materials and goods and services from one place to another, but, or is that only like a piece of it? And like, like talk to us a little bit more in in depth about what does all that mean? Sure. So you're looking to help your company um, achieve their competitive advantage at the enterprise level and enhance customer satisfaction. So Basically, it's an end-to-end process from beginning to finish of getting the goods basically from the factory overseas to your house being delivered at your door. And we're usually talking about a physical product, right? We're not talking about, like, let's put consulting and service businesses to the side. And the would you say that the main emphasis is when you're making a physical product and there are all these parts involved and some of they're sourced from, you know, maybe all over the world and, and you have to bring them together and have whatever your product is made and then you have to ship it out. And does it also include things like packaging materials and everything that's involved uh, from the, the documentation of what's supposed to be built until the finished product is delivered to the customer door. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like I said, the end-to-end process. So it's, you know, it's your suppliers getting their suppliers' goods so that they can get those components, um, ship them to you. And then if you have to add more components or packaging or um, add value to the product and then get it back to the customer after that. So, yeah. Hmm. So I'm hearing you say it's, it feels a little bit uh, like a, a chess game because you're saying you even have to think about your the people who source materials 
having them get the materials that they need to make whatever it is that you use in your product. And is that part of it? Or, and also thinking about contingency plans, if you're dependent on one supplier for a critical piece, is is that part of it too? Yes, absolutely. Especially in, um, in today's uh, supply chain world, it's becoming more important to show, for example, in the food industry, they want to be able to trace it back all the way, all the way so that they can ensure, obviously, quality and no um, contamination issues, for example. So yeah, the food industry would be a good example of that, having, having that ability to go all the way back as far as, as the start of the process. Right. And, you know, I should say early on that my first job out of business school, I was working for a manufacturing company It made a technical product, printed circuit board assemblies. But, you know, there'd be hundreds of, of resistors and capacitors and other parts that went onto this printed circuit board. And then it had to be um, manufactured and then shipped. And I remember sometimes when shipping would get held up because we didn't have the right packaging that we had to put them in these very in these special bags that that protected them. And sometimes if we ran out of the right size, then we'd have to go scurrying around trying to find them. So is, is that part of it too? Absolutely. Yes. Um, packaging is a real issue these days. A lot of companies are very strict. In Canada, we have to have bilingual packaging. Um, sometimes you have to identify if it's a hazardous good. Uh, yeah, packaging plays a huge role in supply chain today, definitely. Okay, so you broke it up into these different um, categories. Someone else had described this to me as plan, source, make, deliver, and then return. I guess that there's issues for returning of goods too. And you had had talked about some other categories that were kind of similar, but could you run through those categories again of what makes up the supply chain? Sure. So there's there can be procurement operations logistics, transportation and trade, consulting, and senior management. So there can be all of those different roles within supply chain. So let's, can you define each one? Like procurement is really purchasing, right? Is that buying all of the parts? Yeah. Operations would be like overseeing um, like the warehouse side of it. Logistics would be the, like the transportation side. Um, transportation and trade can be sometimes where you'll have like multiple warehouses or distribution centers. Then consulting, obviously, you're going into a company at a supply chain level and I guess helping them with that whatever type of project they may have if they don't want a full-time uh, supply chain person on staff. And then obviously a senior manager uh, may oversee all of these functions or part of the functions depending on depending on the company and what, you know, what their uh, focus is. Because there's manufacturing and retail, there's transportation, and there's warehousing and distribution. It's kind of, kind of all flows together, depending on what your, what your organization offers, right? Right. And I guess I'll throw in, because I was talking to someone who was in the, on the consulting side of supply chain, who did a lot of work when, when there was some sort of a, merger or an acquisition when companies were combined and these uh, supply chain processes had to be unified into one when they were all separate. And so that's, I guess, another place where consulting plays an important role is um, figuring out how to bring um, 
you know, individual supply chain processes at 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 certain at companies into uh, all together into one supply chain process. Yeah, for sure, because it, supply chain is basically an integrated role all throughout your organization, trying to get you the more more value, and in a strategic form uh, under professional leadership. So tell us a little bit about your background, not so much your relaunch story, but more how you got into supply chain and um, how you've advanced. Sure, absolutely. It um, started, well, I graduated with a marketing diploma. I entered the workforce, uh, did various positions, but my last position before I left the workforce was as a buyer for a custom cable manufacturer who was local. I then took... And um, wait, wait, I'm just going to interrupt by telling our listening audience that you are from Canada. Oh, so, sure. I don't know if we said that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, before I left the workforce, I was a buyer. And then uh, rejoining the workforce, I jumped in as a customer service rep. And I really just um, wanted to get back to buying because I always like to think of you know, what the process is like on the other side of the phone. I was always uh, a buyer before. So I thought, well, how am I going to get back into that professionally? So I looked into uh, becoming a certified supply chain management professional. And that's when I started um, joining the association and taking the four basic principal courses that started my journey back to the supply chain uh, field. And we'll talk about that certification process a little bit later in more detail. Um, but Lisa, can you talk about some actual examples of what supply chain roles are? Like, what is the title of, of a sample? Maybe even from the careers page of you know the professional association that that uh, that I know you're involved with. That's the supply chain professional association. Like, what are some titles and what are some responsibilities? of roles in supply chain and what kind of qualifications do you have to have? Sure, absolutely. So the great thing about supply chain is that it offers kind of three different levels that you can, I guess, come in and out of. It starts obviously at the support level and moves to the mid-range level and then includes the professional level as well. So it also encompasses all types of areas of the business, accounting and finance, distribution and warehousing, logistics, um, supply chain and purchasing. So there's a lot of opportunities to um, jump in and out. Like, for example, when I rejoined, I was, I would say at the support level, right? But I've moved on to the mid-range level and then further progressed to the professional level. What's nice in Canada is uh, when you do your certification and you become a supply chain management professional, you really open up um, a lot of earning power and opportunities because there's such a demand for employees in supply chain, especially for women and mm -hmm. in the logistics industry, even more so right now. So can, like, can you give us the example, an actual example of a role that's at each one of those levels, support, mid-range and professional? Sure. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so at the support level, you'd be talking about, you know, you have freight, you have procurement, and you have operations and logistics. So, for example, in logistics, you'd be looking at a logistics analyst. Um, in support, you could be looking at an order filler. Uh, procurement, you could be looking at a purchasing clerk. 
Whereas um, in the freight options, you could be looking as like a, a file clerk, kind of a picker, uh, those types of entry-level positions. Then it moves up to uh, the mid-range level where you've got more uh, involved like a logistics um, engineer. Um, in operations, you'd have like a foreman, uh, a retail warehouse uh, buyer for procurement, and then a customs broker, for example, in freight. When you move to the professional level, then you're looking at like for freight, for example, a VP of transportation. Procurement would be a chief procurement officer. Operations could include a plant manager. Logistics uh, would be like a chief logistics officer. So, I mean, there's so many roles. I, I can't list them all, but those are just. Yeah, a few. no, that's perfect. That gives us a real sense. Yeah. I, I like hearing the actual roles. Um, and w- what do you think the compensation ranges are? roughly. Yeah. So the compensation roles, um, if you're just basically a supply chain professional, the average uh, earning income in Canada is around $86,000. When you get your designation, you kind of move yourself into better opportunities around $95,000. And when you move to the executive level, you're looking at around an average of $140,000. So there's quite an opportunity to advance uh, in all levels, in all areas of these uh, functions. So let me just, so those are Canadian dollars. And just um, for our U.S. listeners, that would be around $65,000 U.S. uh, for the support functions, $74,000 or $75,000 U.S. for the mid-range and about $110,000 for the professional level and above. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, the great thing about supply chain now is that it's kind of, it's becoming more of a value add function. And it's a path now to uh, the CEO, the C-suite level, because many companies are trying to create value. And that's how you get through that pathway to the C-suite level. Right. You know, um, if su- very sophisticated supply chain processes uh, can save companies like significant amounts of money. And so that's why there's more and more investment being made in supply chain because companies are recognizing this. Uh, so I, I completely see why it would be a pathway to the C-suite. It's, it's so fundamental to a company's profitability. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it lets you achieve your competitive advantage for your enterprise. It lets you enhance your competitive, competitive advantage. And it also enhances your customer satisfaction, which is a big part of being successful in business, right? Right. And, you know, Lisa, I, I want to dive in more to this whole idea of when uh, relaunchers hear supply chain, it, the, 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 just the mystery behind it. I hope that we're, we're starting to uh, pull away the curtain a little bit and, and, and uh, help people understand what supply chain uh careers really look like, because it just feels to me that supply chain could be a great area for relaunchers, even for relaunchers who weren't in the field before. Um, And I'm wondering, you know, as a supply chain professional yourself and someone who uh, 
was not originally in the field. You came into the field, you started at a relatively low level, you went through a certification process, and and now you've been moving up. And it feels to me like your example could could be instructive for other relaunchers who want to do the same. So any general thoughts on that and the process and sort of what um, what gave you the the drive to you know move forward and and um, move up in this profession? Absolutely. So first of all, like you have to realize that in supply chain, no day is ever the same. You're not going to be bored. <laughs> that I can guarantee. Um, the great thing about it is that you have advancement opportunities, obviously, but you can use a lot of the, your transferable skills because a lot of what they look for in the postings are someone who has a strategic vision, someone who's um, good at relationship management, can make good decisions, can understand processes, and c- can communicate well. I mean, those are transferable skills uh, combined with you know a few software skills, and you can really... Uh, progress very easily. Like most job postings list, um, obviously, Microsoft Office. And they like if you have some experience with uh, ERP systems and also any type of in-house software product that they use and a warehouse management system. Those are really the kind of technical skills that they're looking for. But if you have those other kind of soft skills and abilities, it's a great way to get in uh, at different levels and progress as much as you want, really. So wait, let's break that down a little. What does ERP stand for? It's a management system to uh, manage your inventories and your data. And you can use programs um, on platforms such as SAP, for example. And so how, let's say you come in at an entry level role, um, the, a support role. Do you need to have an understanding of the, you know, SAP or, you know, warehouse management programs in order to get that kind of role? Or would you learn that on the job? Um, I guess it could be both. For myself, I learned it on the job. Like I had previously worked on, this is going to sound old, but (laughs) AS400 systems. So, I mean, really, as long as you have a willingness to learn technology and you don't have a fear of just jumping in and exploring and learning, I think it's possible for anybody to pick it up. Personally, myself, I was um, able to learn it in about three months. I was fortunate that the company that I started back with after my relaunch had a great um, training program. But it also entails just being curious, like just getting on the system and just figuring out, you know, how the information flows, how to drill into the information. So I think as long as you have a willingness to learn, you're, you would be fine. And t- talk a little bit more about this, these technologies. So is it, is it's like diving in and understanding the, in terms of like when certain inventory is running out and needs to be reordered, or is there like a finance and spreadsheet function to it, or is there a coding function to it? What is the actual technology piece that you need to learn to be successful in the field? Yeah, so it's been a while since I used SAP, so I'm trying to remember. Um, Right now, we just have a basic uh, Microsoft program called uh, Microsoft Dynamics. So it's just uh, 
it's very, very simple. But if I remember back, I think it was like a menu driven coded program where, you know, it kind of prompted you to go through the data. I apologize. It's been a while since I've used it. That's totally fine. I, I just want to like get a sort of a broad sense of, of what's involved. It, you know, my instinct is that relaunchers who even during their career breaks, if their career breaks are caregiving related, they're managing like logistics. It, a lot of it is logistics. Like I remember one of my friends said, all I do is move people and things from one place to another and fill out forms. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and I'm just thinking, well, there's gotta be some transferable skills there. Um, If you can layer on a a fearless attitude about learning the, these systems, which it certainly sounds like from what you're saying, Lisa is, is absolutely possible. Um, but I, I also understand that this logistics piece is only a slice of the whole um, supply chain pie. So do you think that relaunchers who have um, caregiving career breaks are, are better suited for certain parts of the supply chain profession than others? I'm not sure. I mean, I guess there's like, I guess it would depend on what your interest is. Like there's so many different options like there's freight so if you you know if you like trying to meet um timetables you might be a good scheduler a freight scheduler right you might want to work in for example a 3pl where you could you know help schedule uh inbound and outbound shipments for different companies um maybe you're more focused on the procurement side where you know you like to buy the materials maybe you want to be in the operations side where you're you know overseeing Um, a plant or a warehouse. Um, Maybe you want to be on the logistics side where you're analyzing, uh, you know, what kind of freight makes sense for the company. So I think there's so many, many options that um, really, as long as you're uh, willing to learn, learn technology and take your transferable skills and show that you have that value, I think you're going to be able to jump in where your interest lies within those areas. And I mean, it encompasses so many different companies from the manufacturing and retail side to the transportation side to the warehouse and distribution side. I mean, there's endless amounts of job listings. I mean, I went on today just to look at um, in Canada on our, on our website of all the different uh, areas, logistics seem to stand out with, um, 88% of the jobs being posted for logistics, but that's not to say that there's not opportunities in accounting and finance and warehouse, in project management, um, and in supply chain. So the the opportunities are just endless. (laughs) And you're saying, Lisa, when you say our website, which website are you referencing? Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah. So I belong to the Supply Chain Management Association of Canada, and they have a great resource uh, which lists, you know, how to get your designation, what are the courses that you could take, um, what are the careers that are being posted, uh, even, you know, all the details of what uh, those postings entail, like the job descriptions, requirements. So, um, you know, relaunchers can access it on the web. It's uh, scmao.ca in Canada. And there is a U.S. uh affiliate that we're affiliated with, the International Federation Federation of Purchasing and Supply Management. It's IFPSM. That's the U.S. Um, sister relationship with the Canadian division. 
that's those are great resources for people who are curious just to go on those websites. And we'll repeat the, the name of those websites um, at the very end of our conversation. Um, but Lisa, that actually leads me into the next topic that I wanted to, to discuss, and that is this supply chain professional certification. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you have the certification. Can you talk to us about what is involved, how many courses you have to take, how many exams, what do you study, how long are these exams, do you do them online, do you have to go in person to a place, how much does it cost, and how long does it take? So basically everything about the certification <laughs> process. Sure. Okay. So it's generally done over three years part-time. You usually do it while you're working because they like to have uh, work experience included in in your um, portfolio, right? So they like to have three years of progressive experience, but that's not to say that you can't start before you're in supply chain. Um, they welcome everybody, but they like to see you progress in the supply chain area while you're in the program. So it includes um, eight modules, six interactive workshops, Uh, one in-residence week, one final exam, and one case study presentation. So within um, the modules usually range about $995. This is Canadian. So eight modules is going to cost you $7,960. Each module... That's Canadian. This is Canadian. Canadian Yeah. Okay, so that's about... $6,000 US. Yeah. And each module uh, takes 13 to seven weeks. So you do usually typically do a module and a workshop in one semester, and then it's broken down by semester. So the interactive workshops range from two days to four days, depending on uh, which topic you're studying at the time. And they cost $875 to $1,695 Canadian. So for your six interactive workshops, you're looking at around sixty-seven seventy Canadian, um, and those are just. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on, that's in a. So, what's the all-in cost? Oh, sorry. Okay, so if you were going to add up all the three-year costs, uh, the modules, the workshops, the in-residence week, and the final exam, it works out to about eighteen thousand two hundred and thirty dollars Canadian. Okay, so that's about $14,000 US. So that's a pretty big investment. So do companies typically pay some or all of this for their employees who are in supply chain and then want to get the certification? It varies. Um, It's obviously a good thing if you try to negotiate it in your compensation package. Some companies are more willing to do that than others. Um, Some companies have a mandate that you must have this designation or be working towards this designation to hold a certain position. So it really depends on uh, if you negotiate it, if they have it as a mandate, and I guess how you want to go about financing it. Um, There's creative ways to do it. I've done a few creative creative ways of doing yes, mine. Yes, please tell us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've negotiated a lot of mine uh, through the companies that I've worked at, and I've been fortunate. And a lot of companies will work with you, and some of them require you to maintain a certain grade average uh, to, be, to get reimbursed. Like you pay for it first, and then when you complete your workshop or your module, you may get reimbursed. And Mm -hmm. some companies can even be creative and say, okay, we'll be willing to reimburse you 
uh, for these costs as long as you stay for one year or two years with our company. So there's lots of mm-hmm. lots of creative ways to figure it out. Um, I've done a few of those different ways that I just mentioned. And really, your company is going to get that value back because you're strategically saving your company money and you're adding value and you're you're automating processes all along the way. So as soon as you start this program, you're basically giving value back to your company. And that's kind of a good way to negotiate with them. It's an ongoing process. And even after your three years, you're required to maintain your designation through what they have a point system. You have to go to so many workshops or um, write articles or participate in networking events. You get different points for different activities and you have to maintain uh, 30 points over three years. And every three years you have to keep maintaining 30 points to be an active current member. Kind of a rolling 30. And and it sounds like a lot of continuing education, although you have this option of, of writing um, an article too, which is interesting. Um, so are you taking online courses and then applying what you know, like to a prop, like, do you have to, you say you have a portfolio. Is that an example of something that you worked on in your company where you took what you learned and applied it to a problem? Yeah. So basically the, um, everything is graded, whether it's a module, whether it's a workshop, whether it's your in-residence week or your final exam, obviously, um, each module, I think I was doing like 10 to 12 case studies for one module. So it's a heavy workload. It's, I was spending about 20 hours a week on homework easily when Mm. I was doing this program, if not more on some days, because I was trying to double up on a, a few courses just to, just to keep up. Cause it's pretty intense. Like I, I don't know how to explain like you're, you know, these case studies are not one or two pages long. You're writing a case study that's probably 10, 20 pages long. And that's being graded okay. every week for your module. And then for your interactive workshops, it's different things. Sometimes you have to write a test at the end. Sometimes you have to do a presentation. Sometimes you have to do a case study. It all depends on the instructor, but everything is uh, definitely graded and reviewed. And for example, the in-residence week, you come together with about 200 people from across Canada and you're put into teams and you're given a case study on the spot. You're given one or two days to work on the case study that you then presented in front of a panel of six or eight adjudicators and you're graded on that. And then you're awarded um, first place, second place, third place. Uh, Fortunately, I was with a great group of people and we came in first. (laughs) So it was kind of exciting to think that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a challenge because you're put with people you don't know with different work styles, with different objectives, with different expectations, and you're given a case study on the spot and you have to come up with the best analysis. So it's a challenge. Yeah, that's, it sounds very challenging and very involved, but also, you you know, once you get that designation, the certification, it's, you probably can get promoted and, and you're more, you know, regarded as leadership material so I, I, I completely see the value in it. Um, you know, we're running out of time and I'm glad that we've covered everything we have. 
Lisa, I just want to ask our final question that we ask, as you know, because you did a podcast before, all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something we've already talked about today? So I just finished writing an article that's going to be published in August on supply chain risk. And what I really found out is that our digital and physical worlds are blurring together now. And digitization of supply chain is really uh, a focus on how your company can be resilient. So this digital culture is something that we're all going to be a part of very, very soon, if not, it's already happening. And the focus is really on assessing gaps. So whether it's a gap within your company or it's a gap within yourself for training, really it's focusing on gaps. Assessing gaps is where our digital culture is going to to be highlighting. So as a relauncher, um, you know, you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is really overwhelming. But really one area that hasn't changed is that there's still a human element to understanding what behavior and what decision will be made during any time of disruption. And that's what we're facing is an environment full of disruption based on this new digital culture. Well, that is excellent. Let me ask you, where will your article be published? It'll be published in August in uh, the Supply Pro magazine distributed uh, across Canada, but it'll also be available digitally online um, if you go to supplypro.ca. All right. So that's my next question. Resources. So supply pro, like S-U-P-P-L-Y-P-R-O dot C-A is, um, what is that? That's our supply chain management uh, magazine that gets distributed across Canada to professionals. It has all kinds of articles uh, written by professionals on different topics in supply chain. So it's a great resource if you just want to open it up and see, you know, what is the current environment out there? You know, if you want to get educated on what people are talking about, so that if you were to go to an interview, you would have an up-to-date view of, you know, the environment that's taking place in the supply chain world right now. Excellent. So that's a great resource. And you had mentioned um, the Canadian Supply Chain Professional Association and the U.S. sister organization. Can you spell out the um, URLs for those websites? Sure. Absolutely. So the Canadian one is the SCMAO.ca. And what does that stand for? It's the Supply Chain Management Association of Ontario. Okay. But you said it's SC. M A O S C M A O dot C A. Got it. Dot C A. And then what's the U.S. sister organization? Uh, I don't know the extension for the URL, but it's the International Federation of Supply Chain Management. So the acronym is I F P S M. I F P S M. Okay. So I hope everyone caught that. Thank you. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I had a great time. It's great to be back. Yeah, it was great for me too. And thanks for listening to 321i Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.